0: i you here for a purpose.
1: TransformYourGame.net
0: Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back. We're here for part B of the seventh episode for the Transform Your Game podcast. I'm joined, as I'm always so lucky to be, by Kent. What's up? Kai. Persona! And Joel. Hey there. Hello <laughs> the that Joel always says hey there. <laughs> We've got some great viewer questions to answer for you guys here, which I don't think should take all too long, uh, during which we hope you're able to glean some relevant information about Wave 5, the upcoming metagame for the competitive piece of the game, and deck-building principles from the discussion that ensues. Well, fellas, we're lucky to just have some great questions we can dive into. Our lovely viewers uh, commented again on a post this week, and we also got one through direct message over Facebook. Uh, Not as many as last week, but that might end up being a good thing for four windbags like us. For those of you out there listening, uh, if you've now or, or come up with a, a question during uh, that you'd like to ask us for next week's episode, you can comment on our YouTube video, the Facebook post that probably led you here or to the cast somewhere. You can also message any of us directly on Facebook if you'd like to remain anonymous. With that said, I'll start us off with the first one. So we got a return asker from last week, uh, Nick Weideman, who did not comment as to whether or not I pronounced his last name correctly.
1: What is it, man?
0: So I'm going to assume that I did. Uh, but he asked, what characters from older sets, if any, do you see making a competitive impact due to Wave 5? Uh, and he thinks an obvious answer might be someone like Sound Blaster from Wave 4 just because we've got so many more Black Pips, particularly weapons. Have uh, you guys got any thoughts on, on older characters getting renewed life? I
2: love Sound Blaster. He has really, really come into his own. Um, just so many Black Pips, you know, and you can pair him with Nova Storm or horrible, and get some really really interesting, you know, things going. The fact that he can just like pick up some of, you know, these amazing uh, black battle cards, it, I I almost feel like they would have been put into, you know, Siege Three, uh, I'm sorry, Siege One or Siege Two, um, you know, things like Crystal of Power, Infusion Bore. I mean, it just really pushes him over the top, along with some of the other, you know, really cool black cards like Cammy and Crash. I mean, wow, what, what what, an amazing little card that is. And then um, Magnetic Dysfunction Ray. I mean, there's just some really, really amazing black cards in this set. I mean, I really feel that this set is full of super aggressive cards hoser cards and awesome black cards that's kind of how i sum up everything that's been shown so far um yeah yeah love it sound blaster's a real character now
1: uh so i actually think razor claw might actually make a comeback because he's cheap enough to where he's for five stars but he's an aggressive shell, you can basically put two attacks into your, your biggest dude and either finish him off or uh, set it up to where on the wheel turn you basically get to swing in again and kill that guy. Uh, yeah, that ability is very strong, so I, I'm looking personally at playing some Razor Claw, so hopefully that'll be a big enough splash.
3: I think that if you take the stratagems that we've gotten, I think that uh, Blitzwing and Autobot Springer are just going to be absolutely busted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is so good? It's just right. like everything is a joke to you, man. Right. When he started that sentence, I thought he was sincere. I swear to God.
2: You <laughs> always do,
3: though.
0: I know. I'm such a sucker. Wait, he's not sincere? <laughs> uh,
3: so what I think really might actually see some play, uh, because of all the orange tilt that this set seems to be giving us, I think that... Cards that have been sort of left in the uh, left uh, by the wayside might find their way into sideboards or maybe even main decks, cards like Acid Storm, that card might really be good. Uh, shutting down your opponent's bold. I mean, you, you can really turn off exactly what they're trying to do. Acid Storm would obviously be enemy number one, but not if you've got a Titan Master that's brave protecting him or something like that. Hint, hint. So anyway, I think I think that one would be one that I would be looking at. And of course, I already talked about this a few podcasts ago. I really like Autobot Cosmos, but um, yeah. we're, gonna have, we're gonna have to make sure that that he's not swinging in and, and KOing a, a five star bot. It's <laughs> not he's not gonna be super useful doing that.
2: Well, there is that new. There's that new battle card where you can attack untapped characters.
3: Supporting fire?
2: Supporting fire.
3: Well, my point was that uh, if everyone's playing five white decks and stuff, then it's not going to really be super relevant to use his ability.
0: Fair. I, um, my heart goes out to Cosmos. I hope it's Cosmos. I hope I lose to Cosmos in a bunch of competitive events, just because I love that guy so much. Um, so someone else can find it maybe, but I think that uh, van, like Private Vanguard might see more play, in all honesty. I think if, we're, if the metagame is shaping up to be aggressive like we think it might very well be, um, or that Belligerence might be kind of like the marquee card that Orange is using against Blue, I think Vanguard is a way to kind of combat both of those eventualities from becoming too problematic, um, particularly if you're very good at winning dice rolls so that you can protect your Vanguard. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say, like, I think the fact that you can kind of like just basically buy yourself more time to continue your aggressive onslaught on opposing characters might give him added play outside of the only place he saw it in the last competitive season, which was the Orange Black Pierce Madness deck. I think he might see more widespread play there. But my my hope is it's Cosmos. But I, my thought is it's probably Vanguard. Um, okay. Well, uh, as far as our, our next question goes, a uh, friend of the show, Christian Young, who actually think that uh, – can't you shout it out in part A? I don't know. I think – I believe you did. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe it was, was – yeah. Uh, but he was wondering, uh, do you think the cards in the set will create more hybrid deck archetypes? For example, most of the game so far has been either aggro, control, or combo but do you think we'll see more hybrid-style deck types like aggro control, control combo, etc., etc.?
1: So um So I think because of how orange I think this set is, I think it's not going to be strictly like aggro control, but we're going to see aggro with some secret actions or aggro with some way to basically kill a character before they can attack or aggro and some other crazy combo that I can't even imagine because I'm not that great. But uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know if it will be strictly like those hybrid deck styles, but I think the the type of deck that we'll see will be much more diversified than, than we can just simply label as aggro from, from this point on.
3: I think the body head mode that's been introduced in this set means that there's going to be a rise of a different kind of deck type. I mean, it doesn't have to just be aggro or defensive or combo, like um, every, every time we, we talk about Horrible, it, it seems like he's just the kind of character that you're going to build your deck around trying to burn your opponent out. I mean, we haven't had any decks that were basically just try to burn your opponents out. Burn, 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 burn. Except for Maybe an uh, overwhelming advantage or something, but, but that, that almost seems like a combo deck. <clears throat> so I, I think the rise of a new type of deck that we haven't seen before is, is what I'm looking for.
0: So I think that this question notably is lacking one of like the major archetypes that is uh, uh, a piece of discussion in games like Magic, resource-dependent games, which is mid-range. So midrange is kind of like the classical terminology that's used for something that's a hybrid between aggro and control and is used to reference something that's very good at adapting to the archetype that it is facing. If it's facing a control deck, it can be more aggressive and try to get under it. If it's facing an, an aggressive deck, it can act in a more defensive way and play some control roles. Um, so I think midrange might have kind of like a second coming here. And part of that is because I think that there are tons of direct damage options – so I think that you like have ways to play and navigate through your opposing uh, opponent's board. You can kind of muck up their attacks or change the amount of turns that they believe they had in the game from being true to being different. I also think the tempo of the games is going to be completely different because of the way headmasters work. Our Titan Masters work when the head's popping off after KO. Like the idea of preserving width I think means that you can kind of like progress your board in a way where you maintain a certain number of attacks through more turns, which I think is a really effective way of uh, kind of like presenting some resilience to your strategy. Um, And then on top of that, I think the fact that – so I know we talk about belligerence a lot on this program, and I I swore to myself I was going to try not to, but but I think blue decks playing belligerence – is a great example of something that might be like a mid-range style strategy. If you're presenting a blue deck that has a reasonably fast clock um, and then also gets to play Belligerence both to improve its matchup in blue in blue X mirrors um, or to kind of like turn the tides at a critical at a critical moment against aggressive decks where you need to swing big and maybe KO one of their most important attackers, I think that that's a really good example of what a blue mid-range deck might look like. A Blue Ligerence deck. And that was a terrible portmanteau, but um, I'm sticking to it. So uh, I think that's more likely to kind of come about. Like every shade of orange, and then an additional uh, subsetting of like mid-range decks might actually come to the fore, uh, to the to the front, the forefront.
2: I feel like sort of what Joel was mentioning about a a burn deck, just you know, burn you down, but actually something more like a typical red deck wins or a slide deck where there's tons of burn and tons of aggression also um we really haven't seen that you know we've gotten little a little taste of it by putting sturdy javelin in our asp deck but that's about it and now there's just so many other ways to do it um i also feel that one of the things I've been waiting for this game to do for a while, because uh, we really haven't seen a cards do this besides One Shall Stand and Reckless Charge, is using your your characters, your life points, um, and even sometimes your uh, upgrades as a resource. And that's really huge. I think that completely turns the game on this different axis um, where you're able to do something that's that's pretty powerful, um, just by you know taking a few points of damage here and there, um, I I think that's really really uh, cool. I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see also if someone can make Windsweeper work in a deck that is built around burn and like moving damage off of their guys, um, that seems really really interesting to me i don't know if we're going to see that uh really get into tier one uh but we haven't seen all the battle cards yet so hard to say
0: okay uh well i believe that does it for that question thanks so much christian um our next question comes from caleb Oker. ochre i uh... Alker, I want to say Alker, uh, but he was ma- he managed to squeak his question in just before we started recording for the second week in a row. So great timing! I know Kai uh, threw him a bone. I got you, bro. <laughs> uh, but he was curious as to whether or not uh, any of us have any ideas for a record-based deck. Uh, I, you know, the the character tag that was introduced in this wave. So. I'll go ahead and address this one first. Uh, as far as Wreckers go, I think the problem with ba- building like a Wrecker-based deck is, one, we haven't seen any Wrecker-specific cards in the battle cards yet. I've I kind of been really expecting them to give us something like that, at least one, maybe more than one. Um, but we've only really seen Scout Armor so far, and I don't think that that's the card to push them as a tribe into the competitive tier of things. I really like Wreckers. I think their lore is super cool. I think their star cost means it's going to be really, really hard to kind of play them as a team, in all honesty. Um, I know that Cup is a little cheap, and you could probably play Cup and Perceptor together. Um, I think of the records that we've seen, I wouldn't be shocked to see either Cup or Perceptor in competitive level decks. But I just – I'm going to be honest. I, I'm doubtful that they go together as far as like a, like a unit, you know what I mean? Um but let me tell you, have you heard the good news of, of our prophet and savior Percy? Perceptor is so good. Um, he goes in like every archetype. He's flip-intensive as all get-out, but the card is just insane. The inevitability he provides and the consistency that he gives your deck is just – it's unparalleled in the game basically, except for maybe Jetfire. But Jetfire is 16 stars to Perceptor's minimum 9, maximum 12
2: yeah, I, I feel that exactly the same way. They are so high-costed that you're not going to see them function much like a team, um, which for me, lore-wise, they are just amazing. They are so cool. Please go check out Last Stand of the Wreckers. Get that in trade paperback, on digital, whatever format you can. Like, that small little uh, book, you know, you pay like, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. It is so worth it. That collection is amazing. Anyways, um, they're so high-costed that I don't think that you can play them as a team.
3: Remember our motto, teamwork,
2: Teamwork. Teamwork. equals
0: success. Success.
2: success. So, for me, that's actually a little disappointing uh, because I was like, "Oh, we're getting the wreckers, dude! This is gonna be awesome!" All right, we're gonna have at least you know three wide, maybe even four wide wrecker teams, and then they've all come out and been you know so high costed that you're struggling to try and put two of them on a team.
0: Cough, whirl, cough.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that that to me is kind of it. I don't know. It's not like the Dinobots, you know, in Wave One. we like, hey, the Dinobots are kind of their own team, and I'm gonna these three Dinobots like go together, you know. Um, there's nothing like that here, so it's it's really hard to say where they're going to fit. None of them, except for Perceptor, really jump out at me as being like super powerful. Like, man, I gotta build a deck with that. Um, Yeah, I think that we're probably going to see some more cards that are specifically for Wreckers in this uh, set that just haven't been been revealed yet. So we will see on that front. There's also the possibility of seeing more Wreckers in future sets, and my dream come true of building a Wrecker-focused deck where it's just Wreckers on the team will finally come true
1: yeah the, the reason why I've never thought of a like a record based deck where like all oh, the characters like one or two are wreckers is that i I don't see any through line to them like there's obviously a through line with cup like he gives if they take damage and they get that damage uh to their attack and that's that's very good synergy, but it's that isn't enough for me to build a deck specifically around revolving around wreckers. Like the only records that I've played with, and they just happened to be records. It wasn't even because I wanted to play records, but it was Perceptor and uh, Twin Twist. Uh, Twin Twist is interesting to me because he provides a type of access that is that that General Megatron uh, attacked on, where the more you flip him, the more damage he does by via direct damage. But uh, different from Lord, uh, General Megatron is that he has way more survivability thanks to being able to play things like Rax for plus 5 health or Flintlock for plus tough 3. And, yeah, he could get pretty nasty if you're showing off like multiple times in a game because everyone's taking one or two, and then, yeah, it, it, it adds up pretty quickly. That's about the only Wrecker experience I have, though. So not what you were looking for, but that's all I can give.
3: Yeah, on top of their high cost, the Wreckers don't seem to have a whole lot of synergy with mm-hmm. each other. They they don't say that there's no there's no record that could function, say like a lord. Uh, all your other Wreckers get plus two attack, or when you flip to this mode, other Wreckers uh, can only take two damage next turn or something. Uh, so they 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 just don't they just don't really seem to work really well together. The reason that Perceptor is the one that they keep talking about that we all talk about is because the card is just so good it doesn't have anything to do with them being a Wrecker and since they haven't revealed Wrecker cards Wrecker battle cards um, to go back, back to Kent's point you could play those Dinobots together but that was because there were several cards that said do this to a Dinobot, do this to a Dinobot and there just isn't that for the Wrecker's so uh, there there might be we have a lot of battle
0: cards still to reveal Topspin Spin is also a Wrecker that might see some play that is true. Like Tops we had, <clears throat> we had none of his ability built much with Topspin yet, because he just got spoiled today. But I I could definitely see myself piloting a deck with him in it.
2: the The wreckers needed a card like Kickback. Like think about four wide Insecticons; they have synergy with each other. Kickback is only good if you're playing an Insecticon deck. They needed they needed something like that.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Okay, um, so hopefully, Caleb, that was a satisfactory answer. Um, if you were looking for something different, I do apologize. Uh, but uh, as far as our questions go, we have one more. Um, I was actually talking with Stefan today. Um, the community members, you guys might know him as S. kumar or DefTF on YouTube. Uh, but he was asking me, what kind of strategy uh, are you all taking for brewing and deck building in the Wave 5 format? upcoming. Is there anything you're doing as a team when it comes to putting stuff together or when you're trying to come up with new ideas?
3: Well, we definitely toss ideas around a lot to each other uh, through direct messaging and uh, a lot of playtesting online. So what we do is we talk
2: a lot. We have a team-based uh, group chat, just the four of us, and we talk a lot on there throughout the day. Um, like, so I, am also in a, uh, in a rock band and, you know, I thought that, uh, my band mates and I talked a lot over chat and no, like we talk more about transformers, um, than, than my own band does, uh, which is pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, we sit there and we talk about like every card reveal as it comes out, um, and just start spitballing. We just start throwing stuff out. Um, like when the card reveal today for, for Top Spin came out, I mean, immediately it was like, here's Top Spin. Huh, how's he going to be with Vanguard? That seems really good. You know, um, things like that. Maybe he should have Flame Out as a head and, and stuff like that. We just start spitballing and sometimes... It, they're terrible ideas, and sometimes they're really good ideas, but there's no judgment or or anything weird like that. Um, there's just there's no such thing as a bad idea. There's only ideas that we will use competitively and not use. And I think that's the mindset that we take when we start strategizing together and deck building together. Uh, we also do you know uh, online games. We're definitely getting into the webcam. Uh, type thing, and that's helping us even if it's just with proxies, uh, whether you print out the proxy and it's all faded um, (laughs) because your printer can't scan that high high of quality, or you do like me and you take a Sharpie and you (laughs) write on the little uh, bot insert, you know, piece of white cardboard that, you know, every pack has, um, stuff like that it's that's a really really great way to play and then we'll we'll just try things and then hey this worked out that part didn't what if you tried this in that deck instead or maybe it needs to fight on a you know slightly different axis or what if we replace this bot with this other one um all this stuff is really really interesting to me and sometimes i get you know personally just a little discouraged because like they will have a better strategy than i do sometimes and then i'll be like all right enough's enough and you know and then i'll break out a really good deck um and stop trying weird janky stuff Uh, (laughs) but yeah that's that's kind of how we do it i guess
1: Yeah, and uh, most of those ideas we end up just putting in uh, Google Drive, which shout out to Richard because he was the one who basically started it and I kind of assimilated into it.
0: You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we have this database that we have of just uh, all these decks that we've either brainstormed or just had some idea that we just have some place to just jot them down for everyone to see. And that's always been good. And also, we leave like little notes so that for like deck building and stuff. And that's been also super helpful. So just some way to just share decks and um, strategies has been very helpful.
3: Yeah. So I wrote a, an article today. I don't know if it's going to come out before this podcast or after. But if we we, we put it together, uh, we we put the deck list together almost just in the group chat in like five minutes. Hey, what happens if you do this? Oh my gosh. What if I throw this in there? Whoa. What if I do this? And it turned into what I would deem maybe like the most over the top aggressive deck. Like you cannot swing for the fences harder than in any deck than this one. It's crazy. Uh, if if it hasn't come out before this before this podcast, uh, uh, be sure you're looking for it. And if it and if it has, then you know what I'm talking about already. So
0: <laughs> it sh- it should come out before the podcast is released. I believe I believe the the article goes out. We're recording this on Tuesday. I believe that the article goes out tomorrow, which would be Wednesday, and the podcast normally comes out uh, Part A on Thursday. Um, so hopefully, it should be out. And so all the, all you out there should wink wink know what Joel is talking about. I, I I'm gonna say the Google Drive is really the biggest thing for me. Uh, I kind of am a believer in this game that deck building starts with character lineups. Um, very rarely do I start my deck building process with battle cards. Um, occasionally I will. Occasionally something is like very much guiding you in a specific way, uh, looking at you, magnetic dysfunction ray, also affectionately known as Mag Ray. Um, I mean like generally speaking, what I do is when, when I create like a new – like sheet in our Google Drive, I have this like, this, like spreadsheet template that we use. to just like copy and fill it in fill in like stuff so we can tweak numbers really easily. Um, and basically like what I do is I create a new one and then I mark the template with like this is the character that's kind of like central to the idea that I'm trying to construct. And then we'll make like different iterations of that same style deck. With like the holes, the flex slots, or the other characters being shuffled in and out. And I found that like we've arrived at some really well-tuned versions of some pretty powerful decks in a short amount of time because we have multiple eyes looking in one place working to develop from a single idea. Um, it's what worked for me with my smaller team um, heading up to the EI. Like the Jetfire deck that I ended up playing was the brainchild of an idea that one of my friends had that I took with wave four cards that was improved by another different friend because he spotted some really strong cards that I had missed. So um, it's basically just like collaborative deck building has been a huge boon for us and also helps us play test things to see, hey, is this viable? Can this be viable? Or is this garbage and we should throw it away? Hopefully that was uh, some, some help information for you guys, but that's going to do it. Uh, that will be the end of our viewer questions portion of the show, at least for now. Uh, we'd like to shout out every friend of the cast that gave us one of those great questions. We'd also like to thank everybody out there listening in the ether, wherever you are. Uh, and any other thoughts you guys have before we close it out, guys? I'm just ready for more spoilers,
1: man. I haven't done all too much deck building since then, because i have I'm kind of been ready for the, all the spoilers that have been done, and then they haven't. So I'm I'm kind of like in this lull. So
3: I'm kind of glad they haven't finished doing the spoilers yet. With the with them pushing the pushing the release date back for obvious reasons, I think that the slow trickle uh, is just giving us more and more anticipation
1: me too right but i think the i think the trickle is probably a little too slow right now for me personally so
2: they only have a few cards left to reveal and it's not they have 20 yeah but think about how many days they have between now and the release day
1: i i'm aware i'm aware that it's not fun
2: (laughs) (laughs) i i like the slow trickle i like the anticipation I'm I don't like the dump of here's ten cards in like a day and you're wait, what? (laughs) I I like, hey, there's something for there is something to look forward to every day and that is related to this game. And I really like that.
0: Alright, well, uh, given those thoughts, I think that ought to do it for Episode 7. Before we let you go, if you find the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. We'll be back with you guys soon, and until next time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose.